Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, March 14th, 2019. I'm sorry about last week, folks. I was just exhausted, um, and I've been struggling with this off-again, on-again cold or whatever it is. The constant weather changes aren't helping any, but um, last week I was busy finishing up a, a new book, and uh, the new book is now available on Lulu. It's called McCarthy, Monmouth, and the Deep State. It's about Senator Joseph McCarthy and some really incredible things that are found in the Monmouth uh, McCarthy hearings transcripts. That's available on Lulu. Now, just a reminder, tomorrow we do have a vid chat at two in the afternoon for uh, our European African time zone Members, as usual, I'll be in there early uh, for some pre-chat. Uh, I've already got a few questions, so please make sure and get your questions in. But anyway, I want to turn to a couple of interesting stories. Uh, I'm going <coughs> to briefly go through one of them. And um, I want to concentrate on the other, but it's interesting that both of these stories are about the two primary former Axis powers, namely Germany and Japan. Um, and I want to concentrate on the story from Japan because I think it's really very interesting. It's uh, kind of in line with what I've been arguing that uh, Japan has been up to lately. But first I want to read this story about uh, a, a leadership challenge in Germany now. The conservative wing, and I'm citing an article that I'm linking for you in the story here, the conservative wing of the CDU-CSU, that's the Christian Democratic Union, that's Angela Merkel's uh, political party. They are pushing for Angela Merkel's resignation, citing the believed impending collapse of the Grand Coalition with the Social Democrats. Alexander Mitch, the leader of the conservative group within the union, have asked Merkel to resign her position in favor of the newly elected leader of the CDU, Annegret Kramp-Karrenbauer, quote, it would be in the best interest of the union if Mrs. Merkel would hand over control to Annegret Kramp-Karrenbauer as soon as possible in an orderly fashion. The CDU leader could then initiate political change for migration and economic policies needed by Germany, according to him. He believes that after the state elections in the East in which the SDP is envisaged, to perform abysmally, this will lead to an exit of the Grand Coalition by that party. To prepare for this scenario, Mitch wants the CDU to be proactive in the call for a change in the chancellery. Just Friday, several SDP politicians threatened to exit the coalition if there was an attempt to replace Merkel with Kramp-Karrenbauer. On Thursday, leaders from both parties will meet again in a coalition committee. Now, uh, very briefly, I've been kind of predicting that Angela Merkel's government was so weak after the last elections that the coalition with the SDP is not, was not going to last long. So this may be a sign that we are watching the beginnings of the collapse of her government. I don't know. I don't expect that she's going to accede to that demand for her removal, which will then throw things into the party, and it will be interesting to see if she survives. I, I really don't expect her to do that. Uh, we may be looking at impending uh, elections uh, in, in Germany with the collapse of that coalition. Time will tell. 
but there's a lot of pressure across the EU against the uh, governments that have been flooding Europe with refugees, and you know her her government has been front and center. But I want to turn to Japan. There's a very interesting story here uh, that I am linking for you in the vid chat link, or pardon me, in the video link here. And the story is titled, Officials Admit Japan's Helicopter Destroyers Were Also Designed for Jets. Now, these helicopter destroyers are actually large aircraft carriers that supposedly, initially, the Japanese Ministry of Defense stated that they were for the purpose of helicopter anti-submarine warfare. But there's an interesting story just out that the Japanese Ministry of Defense has finally, more or less, officially admitted that these are proper aircraft carriers. They are designed to carry either helicopters or aircraft carrier-launched jets. And I want to read several paragraphs here before I get into my speculation as to what this portends. Because you'll recall, for many years, I've been arguing that Shinzo Abe and his rearmament program in Japan were being done for two reasons. The first reason is ostensibly to support the United States in its uh, Pacific pivot. And the long-term reason is that I think Japan has taken the strategic calculation that the United States is no longer a trustworthy ally and that Japan, simply by virtue of national self-interest, was going to have to rearm. And we've seen Shinzo Abe and Vladimir Putin making a number of deals with respect to uh, Japanese trade, Siberian infrastructure, and so on. But this article, I think, portends some very interesting, uh, some very interesting implications for what Japan's future policy might look like. So anyway, here we go. Officials admit Japan's helicopter destroyers were also designed for jets. And I'm going to read a few paragraphs from this article. The Japanese Ministry of Defense executives have outright admitted that despite the Japanese government's past denials, that the Izumo-class helicopter destroyers were not designed to accommodate fixed-wing, short-takeoff, and vertical-landing tactical jets they actually were designed with exactly that in mind. The Asahi Shimbun quoted the Maritime Self-Defense Force sources, stating the following, quote, It is only reasonable to design the Izumo with the prospect of possible changes of the circumstances in the decades ahead. We viewed that whether the Izumo should be actually refitted could be decided by the government, unquote. Now, please note, the implication here is that the Japanese self-defense forces have designed a weapons platform that's relatively flexible in what it can accommodate. And this, I think, is a clue to what we can expect to see from Japan in the future. But we'll get back to that. I'm skipping several paragraphs here, and I want to read a couple of very short paragraphs as to why the Japanese government has finally admitted this. Quote, China's naval expansion eastward in particular was a major concern among designers when the ship's plans were being formulated in the mid-2000s. 
One official told Sahahi Shimbun, quote, the plan to construct the Izumo was settled with its future conversion in mind to prepare for any possible contingency of the unavailability of the ASDF Naha base, which is a Japanese uh, self-defense force air base in the island of Okinawa. Now, skipping again to a couple more paragraphs, and then the final paragraph of this article, which is really the telltale sign that this is really indeed a long-term rearmament program with some very sophisticated ambitions. So the first two paragraphs I want to read are in this connection are these, quote, the article goes on to outline that the classes, hangar, and elevators were built to dimensions that could accommodate the F-35B and the MV-22 Osprey. Those are American aircraft, folks. Japan already has MV-22s on order. Even the class's flight deck can supposedly withstand the heat and pressure generated by the F-35's scorching exhaust. The official also says the carrier's deck would likely be modified with a ski jump if the F-35B were acquired. The justification of Japan's military posture and the weaponry that supports it all comes down to how one interprets self-defense as per the Japanese constitution. But really, things have been rapidly changing for Japan when it comes to morphing its military into a far-reaching force with substantial offensive punch. Now, I'm skipping one paragraph here to the very last paragraph of this article. Quote, considering that Japan is looking to arm itself, listen carefully, with long-range cruise missiles and more capable fighters in the near term. A fixed-wing capable Izumo and her sister ship, the Kaga, won't be far behind. And incidentally, the name Kaga was the name of one of the uh, World War II Imperial Japanese Navy's major uh, striking carriers in their carrier strike force. Ushering in a new era of power projection for Japan, the likes of which the world has not seen since the end of World War II, unquote. Now... The business about long-term cruise missiles I find extremely interesting because, number one, this will involve the Japanese defense forces in trying to position much more uh, capable space assets in order to provide the GPS guidance and positioning for that. So, in other words, we can now expect a military expansion of the Japanese uh, self-defense force into space, and that's going to include spy satellites, and so on. Now, incidentally, Japan's capability in spy satellites is one of that government's most closely held secrets. We do not really know, and no one really knows, what Japan's capabilities currently are, but they're probably rather good. But it's that business about long-range cruise missiles, plus the fact in the earlier part of the article that they are talking about arming these aircraft carriers with American aircraft. I suspect, I suspect strongly that this is a stopgap measure because what it appears to me that Japan is doing is that they are trying to create, once again, a, an, a military industrial infrastructure that is wholly and uniquely Japanese. So in other words, I expect that eventually you're going to see Japan try to 
position itself and cut itself loose from reliance on American technology and American weapons systems. Now, if I'm right, if, if this is part of the plan of that long-term strategic assessment that Japan undertook earlier, and I think that this was undertaken prior to Mr. Abe's government taking power, uh, he simply is, is acting upon, I think, the recommendations of the Japanese uh, national security analysts. But if that's the case, then I expect you can watch now in the future over, say, the next five to ten years that Japan is going to start seeking technology transfer to create the infrastructure and obtain the technologies they need for independent aircraft production, uh, space production, long-range cruise missile production, and so on. And this means, I think, that they're going to turn most likely in one of two directions. The first might be Russia. And believe it or not, I think that's a possibility simply because Japan, in order to get access to some of the technology that it does not have, may decide to strike a deal with Russia for that technology in return, perhaps for dropping its claims on the islands that were taken by uh, the Soviet Union at the end of World War II from Japan. Maybe, but unlikely, in my opinion. But it's a possibility that has to be mentioned. The other major possibility I think that they will look at is doing some sort of deal now with the Europeans, particularly the Germans and the French, that have access to some of this technology that Japan may need in order to bring these things about. The long-range cruise missiles in particular, this is something that is not widely known, but the long-range cruise missiles in particular would be something that they could approach the French with, certainly the Germans and so on. So I suspect that as part of this long-range strategic calculation and beefing up their military, proceeding with this rearmament, you're going to see them continue to design these types of flexible platforms but they are also going to start technology trading to get their hands on necessary technologies for aircraft, perhaps stealth aircraft, cruise missiles, and so on and so forth. So I think you're going to see Mr. Abe cutting some deals in the next five to ten years, economic deals and so on, to obtain this technology. This, to me, was, was a huge admission uh, everybody kind of suspected that these these so-called helicopter destroyers really were aircraft carriers, and now the Japanese Ministry of Defense has basically come out and admitted this. Now, the, the business about long-range cruise missiles also, I think, is very interesting, particularly in the context now of the breakdown between North Korea and the United States with the denuclearization talks, this is going to be more impetus for Japan to proceed with rearmament. And they are, they are going to go shopping, is basically what I'm predicting. They're going to go shopping anywhere they can now for the technologies that they do not have to add to the considerable technological capabilities that they already have. And this is going to include, a, a over the long haul, a massive Japanese expansion into, into outer space. And that's going to accompany, I think, the, the declining status of the U.S. dollar as the reserve currency. More and more nations are going to be putting assets up into space in order to ensure their own financial clearing process. So, like it or not, folks, uh, 
<laughs> the bottom line is Japan is back. So, so something to watch in the future. All right. Don't forget, uh, tomorrow we do have the vid chat at 2 o'clock. There's a new book on Lulu. And I hope to see everybody tomorrow for the vid chat. Bye-bye. God bless. And we'll see you on the flip side.